When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and today I have what I think is a very fun episode, so I'm so excited to get into it, and I have a really full episode, too, so I'm going to get started now. First up, I mentioned on Instagram that I would talk about an event that I got to go to a couple weeks ago, but because I had pre-recorded the episodes that I released recently with Pryor, those took place before the event happened, so now I'm going to fill you guys in on something that I... I'm just so thankful I had the opportunity to go do. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know this, but a few weeks ago, I was able to go to an event in Dallas hosted by the White House Historical Association called the Presidential Sites Summit. And it was basically where a bunch of people get together that are passionate about preserving presidential history, whether that be various uh, presidential museums and um, universities where presidents attended or people like me that do something that focuses on, like I said, presidential preservation or White House preservation in general, too. So it was just a really neat mix of people coming together with a passion for U.S. history and various facets. And there were amazing panels that happened, incredible events that happened at night. And I'm not going to go into detail about every single thing I did. But if you're curious about most of it, I I highlighted a lot of it on my stories on Instagram. So if you're curious, go follow me and check it out on at Kennedy Dynasty. On Instagram, I have a saved highlights tab where I kind of go through some of the events that we got to do. But it was just a really incredible experience. Um, It was one of those things. So I have friends around me that are in different industries or and my husband even is in film. So it's one of those things where like when he's I've always imagined that when he was on set with even people that he didn't know, you automatically just have something in common with each other because you're in the same field or you're interested in the same thing. And I have a musician friend who it's probably similar for him. When he goes out on the road, he, you know, he just vibes with everybody so well and it's like an instant thing. Well, I myself have never really had anything like that. So this was the first thing that I went to totally by myself didn't know a soul there except for uh, there were a few people that I was it was great to see again that I had interviewed and um, that I've spoken to before so that was great but I don't know it was just kind of like my own thing but it was so easy to connect with everyone there because everyone shared a common interest and there was always something to talk about and I, I feel like through this podcast I've just been able to tap into something I'm interested in that I didn't realize I was for a million years, (laughs) like my whole life. I didn't realize that this was what I was passionate about, even though I knew I was curious and I love to learn. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is I'm a history nerd (laughs) and it was really fun to be around other like-minded people and just connect with people that were interested in and passionate about very similar things. So as a part of that, while I was there, I got to uh, meet various people in my age range that were what's called next-gen leaders. And as I was there and learning about what they were doing, I found it really fascinating. And I am honored to now be a part of the next-gen leaders with the White House Historical Association. So I'm going to read a little bit off the White House Historical Association website to kind of give you a synopsis of what that is and what I'm a part of now. And I'm just really proud to be a part of it. 
Um, so the Next Gen Leaders are a group of influential and history-minded young professionals. This group is the first of the association's new initiative with the Next Gen Leaders, and it was announced in 2021 as part of the 60th anniversary celebration of the White House Historical Association, which... If you've listened to me for a while, you know that the association was founded by Jacqueline Kennedy. So the website says that this inaugural group brings together young professionals from a wide variety of fields, all bound together by a passion for history, civics, and education for a year-long fellowship featuring optional in-person and virtual programming. The group will also assemble for quarterly meetings, as well as programming developed with special consideration for their interests and areas of expertise and serve as ambassadors for the association's nonpartisan, nonprofit, and historic mission. So I'm telling you guys this because you'll probably see me post a little bit about it on my Instagram or talk about it here a little bit because I'll be able to go to other events and things with the White House Historical Association and this group that I'm now involved in. So I'm really proud to be a part, like I said, and thankful for the opportunity. And overall, just so thankful that I went to the Presidential Site Summit. And I just want to applaud the White House Historical Association for putting such an incredible event on. And it just, I don't know, there was so much good conversation that happened there, important conversation. And um, yeah, it was great. (laughs) So if you're interested, like I said, in seeing what that was about or a little bit of my journey there, then go check it out on Instagram at Kennedy Dynasty in my highlights tab. All right, so let's get into some Kennedy stuff. First, let's do the In the News segment. Big news story of the past seven days. Okay, so I've got three things today in the in the news segment, so that was exciting. First up, I'm not going to get into this whole article, but this is an opinion piece that was written for the Washington Times recently. So if you're interested in reading it, I thought it was a really good piece. The headline is Biden's channeled JFK and Reagan in call to remove Putin from power. Again, that's an opinion piece written by Cal Thomas. So if you're interested in reading about that, that is in the Washington Times. Next up, we have some fun Royals news, which, by the way, if you don't already, you really should go listen to Podcast Royal. One of my favorite guests, Rachel Birchfield, who has been on a few times, she hosts that podcast all about the Royals, and it's just a really, really great podcast. So if you listen to her podcast, you have learned a lot about Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee. This week, the royal family actually just shared a vintage photo of Queen Elizabeth and Jackie Kennedy, along with Prince Philip and JFK, when they visited Buckingham Palace in 1961. They shared the photo on the family's social media account because they're going through and showing one notable image from every year of Queen Elizabeth's reign. So I thought it was pretty cool to see the Kennedys come across the royal family's feed, and I thought I would share it with you guys too. And last but certainly not least, this may be one of my favorite in the news things I've ever shared. According to comicbook.com, the Batman director Matt Reeves compares the Waynes to the Kennedy family. So the article says that the Batman features a much different Bruce Wayne than we're used to. Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne was based off of deceased rock star Kurt Cobain in a way that he's a recluse. But it seems that director Matt Reeves had a different idea in mind for the Wayne family. The director revealed in a recent interview with KCRW that his version of the Waynes was based off of the Kennedy family. He said, I was interested in the idea of him being at a stage where he couldn't bear the weight of the history of being part of the Waynes. I thought he could be kind of like a member of the Kennedy family, like American royalty, or what a British royal would be in the wake of a tragedy and how there was a lens being put on you because of a family tragedy that you could never escape. And so his response would be to want to withdraw from all of that and not understand that in the mission of what he was trying to do to try and make sense of his life, he might be able to use 
use that as a kind of mask or a guise that might be useful. He can't figure any of that out yet. So I just thought that was really interesting and wanted to share with you guys. I still have not seen that movie, by the way. I can't wait to be able to. Um, I'm really dying to see it. So that's all for In the News. Had a couple of royal crossovers there, didn't we? All right, let's move on. Next up, we've got our inspiring clip of the week. One of the inspiring notes. So I know I've used this clip before, but I'm going to use it again because it's one of my favorite Kennedy speeches in all of history. It's so inspiring and it's incredible. So on the day that I'm recording this, which is April 4th, and on this day in 1968, Martin Luther King Jr. was tragically assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee. And as many of us know, Robert Kennedy delivered the terrible news followed by an improvised speech to a crowd in Indianapolis. So I'm going to insert the speech here. It's it's kind of lengthy. It's like five minutes. So if you don't want to hear it, then you can skip it. But I really hope you will listen to it, even if you've heard it here before. Do they know about Martin Luther King? Could you lower those signs, please? I have some very sad news for all of you, and that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis. Martin Luther King dedicated his life to love and to justice between fellow human beings. He died in the cause of that effort. In this difficult day, in this difficult time for the United States, it's perhaps well to ask what kind of a nation we are and what direction we want to move in. For those of you who are black, considering the evidence evidently is that there were white people who were responsible, you can be filled with bitterness and with hatred and a desire for revenge. We can move in that direction as a country and greater polarization Black people amongst blacks and white amongst whites filled with hatred toward one another. Or we can make an effort, as Martin Luther King did, to understand and to comprehend and replace that violence, that stain of bloodshed that is spread across our land with an effort to understand compassion and love. For those of you who are black and are tempted to fill with, be filled with hatred and mistrust of the injustice of such an act against all white people, I would only say that I can also feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling. I had a member of my family killed but he was killed by a white man. But we have to make an effort in the United States. We have to make an effort to understand, to get beyond or go beyond these rather difficult times. My favorite poem, I, my favorite poet was Aeschylus. He once wrote, even in our sleep, 
pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own day despair against our will comes wisdom through the awful grace of God. What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness, but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another. Feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country, whether they be white or whether they be black. We can do well in this country. We will have difficult times. We've had difficult times in the past, but we will, and we will have difficult times in the future. It is not the end of violence. It is not the end of lawlessness, and it's not the end of disorder. But the vast majority of white people and the vast majority of black people in this country want to live together, want to improve the quality of our life, and want justice for all human beings that abide in our land. With and what dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. Let us dedicate ourselves to that and say a prayer for our country and for our people. Thank you very much. Next up, my recommendation segment. Of course, then we would recommend it. Now, this one actually leads right on into our episode because my recommendation this week is Eight and Bob. And if you don't know what that is, then I'm going to tell you all about it. But I'm going to recommend it and I'm going to go ahead and link it in the description of this episode if you want to try it out yourself. It is a cologne that, as the tale goes, the name was inspired by JFK. So I'm going to teach you all about that right now. So the story of this is really fascinating. And I'll kind of get into in a little while if, you know, some people don't really think it's true, some people do, but I'm going to tell you the story as it is and as the website Eight and Bob actually lists it as well as Vanity Fair. So those are my sources today for the story. So it all starts out with this guy named Albert Fouquet, and he was the son of a Parisian aristocrat and was a part of the elite French society in the early 20th century, but he was also a perfume connoisseur. So that's quite the title there, I'd just like to say. All, all the things going on for him. As the story goes, apparently he was in a room in the top of his family's chateau, and he, along with someone who works for the family named Philippe, created this just magical scent of a cologne. And the website also says that in January of 1934, Albert traveled to Chile at the invitation of the Italian ambassador. And besides enjoying the charms of the country, he took advantage of this trip to search the Andes for aromic plants that would enhance his fragrances. So he returned to Paris with several sprigs of Andrea, which was the name that Albert had given the plant whose extracts are the soul of his cologne, Eight and Bob. 
This kind of plant, though, was in short supply due to the altitude and limited area in which it grows. It can only be picked during the months of December and January. So there's a really narrow time that this scent can be made, which I'll get to that in a little bit. But anyway, he collected these amazing smells and just concocted this potion, for lack of a better term, that was apparently incredible. So anyway, this is where JFK comes in. One night during Albert's vacation to the French Riviera, he apparently bumped into a very young JFK, who was touring France at the time in his convertible. And apparently JFK was like, whoa, you smell so good. What is that? I need that. And he was, of course, charming and all the things that we all know about JFK. And he asked Albert to please leave him a sample of this cologne because he just loved it so much. So when Albert left the sample of the cologne, he left it with a note at the hotel the following morning, and it apparently said, in this bottle, you will find a dash of French glamour. But according, I thought this was funny, because that's what it says on the 8 and Bob website, but on the Vanity Fair article, it says that on the note, he said, in this jar, you will find the dash of French glamour that your American personality lacks. I'm sure that the Aiden Bob website left that out on purpose, but I'm going to lean towards him actually saying what Vanity Fair said he did, which I think is actually clever and funny. So a few months later, Albert receives a letter back from JFK saying basically all the people around him love this smell. It's a big hit, and he wants him to send him some bottles of the cologne. The way that he, JFK, wrote it was he asked for an additional eight samples, and he said, and if your production allows, another one for Bob, which is obviously Bobby Kennedy. And Albert didn't really understand the request just the way it was written, so he ended up sending a big box of tons of samples to kind of offset the transportation costs. And Eight and Bob's website also says Albert was a huge perfectionist, and not only did he make sure that the fragrance was just right, but he also made sure that they were in perfect bottles. And it says that he ordered a bunch of boxes decorated with the same pattern as the shirt that JFK was wearing when they met. And then he labeled the boxes and the bottles with John's amusing request, Eight and Bob. So basically, JFK named this iconic scent. Then fast forward a little bit, Albert is super surprised because a few months later, he starts getting all kinds of letters and requests to please get more samples of this scent sent to America. And it says that he was getting requests from various Hollywood directors, producers, and actors such as Cary Grant and James Stewart. So basically, a bunch of people in the Kennedy social circle discovered this smell and wanted it. But then a very unfortunate thing happens. The creation of Eight and Bob comes to a halt because Albert tragically passed away in the spring of 1939 in a car accident. And Philippe was the only person, which was the guy that worked for Albert's family, was only able to continue doing that for just a few more months because the start of World War II forced him to leave his job with the Fouquet family. But I thought this was really interesting. In the final shipments, Philippe had to hide the bottles inside books that he had carefully cut by hand to prevent the Nazis from seizing the cologne. So if you go to purchase Eight and Bob now, the packaging of the original even looks like a cutout book with the cologne into it. So I thought that was really neat. Fast forward decades later, thankfully, the family of Philippe was able to completely recover the formula for Eight and Bob along with its refined production process, according to Vanity Fair. It says, Now still faithful to its creator, the formulas that Fouquet concocted more than 70 years ago with his friend Philippe in the attic of his parents' chateau, the formulas that captured the heart of our late president are available worldwide. It says, Once again, Aiden Bob has become not only one of the most exclusive colognes preferred by the most elegant men in the world, but a story that surpasses time. 
So I love that story. I've known that for a while. I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before, but I definitely haven't covered it in its totality. So I was really excited to be able to talk about it today. But I also have to share a little thing that makes me think maybe it's not quite true. Page Six put out an article a while back talking about how the story is probably fiction. It says that there's a disclaimer in fine print of the brochure that comes with the bottle that states the story of Eight and Bob is based on a family story transmitted verbally over time. For its final narration, fictionalized facts and characters were introduced. And they don't, I guess, tell who or what those fictionalized facets are, so you kind of are left to wonder, but who knows? Believe what you want to believe, I guess. Um, I want to talk a little bit about their products, too. If you go to the shop tab on the Eight and Bob website, you can actually buy a special edition Robert Kennedy bottle of Eight and Bob, and I thought this was interesting. According to the description, it says that it's the same original scent now in a special edition 50 milliliter that has been made in collaboration with Robert F. Kennedy Foundation to commemorate the 50th anniversary of RFK's historic presidential campaign. The special edition product features a prominent photo of Robert and a part of the revenue received from its purchase will be donated as a tribute to Robert F. Kennedy's dream of a more fair and peaceful world. And the packaging is really beautiful. And it's really beautiful on the regular bottles, too, like I said, with that book kind of etched out part. Oh, back to the point about the, the Andrea or Andrea that has to be picked at certain times. So it says that the plants gathered undergo a very exacting selection process in which only 7% are chosen. And that this process ends between March and April. And only then it is known how many units of eight and bob can be bottled and how many can be allotted to each country. So it's a really selective process, and obviously it's not just like mass production. It's really limited to whatever they can actually get, which makes it even more just luxurious and top-notch. And then I wanted to do a little research on what scent JFK wore later in life. I looked it up. According to themanual.com, JFK in the 1950s, when he was a senator, came to the south of France for vacation, and he found out that America 131 was the fragrance of Hemingway, and he kind of had to have it. So he apparently wore this particular smell only on very special occasions, and it meant a lot to him. I'm not going to get into the whole story of this particular fragrance and its backstory because I'm just not, but um, if you want to look it up, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's got a whole line of really amazing people that were involved and or wore this scent. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. This was just kind of a fun little story time situation. I feel like there's so many of those in our culture, uh, just moments when the Kennedy has kind of impacted something, whether it be naming or wearing or doing or saying or anything. <laughs> they just had such a hand in so many moments in our history. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you think it was a fun little listen. If you do like the podcast, please do me a favor, guys, and write me a positive written review on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, rate it five stars. I would really, really appreciate that. Check out my merch shop in the description of this episode. Lots of cool t-shirts for spring and summer. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Kennedy Dynasty and on Facebook. I'm starting to be more active there. I've got a lot of stuff in the works. I've got a really fun announcement coming up very, very soon. I'm almost to the point that I'll be able to tell you guys about it. So I'm excited about that. Stay tuned. I've got a lot of great guests coming up as well. A lot, Just a lot in the works for old Kennedy Dynasty. So I'm just always excited and so, so grateful for this experience. That's all I got, and I will talk to you soon. Come on and vote for Kennedy, vote for Kennedy, keep America strong. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling on. Kennedy.
Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecla, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The Siecla, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts.